0: There's a lot going on. Quarterbacks are the key, and it doesn't matter whether you're in Carolina or you're in Pittsburgh or where you might be. We're going to take a look at the 2022 quarterbacks and the 2021s. Who steps forward? John Harris is here with me today. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, friends and neighbors around the country. This is Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform I can think of, and probably some I haven't, so check us out, get subbed, do the thing. Today, John Harris, football takeover and your friendly neighborhood Houston Texans fan base. Welcome back. We're going to get into a lot. I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting out here in the Rocky Mountains. So we're going to get into, I think the best part of what this class did for us is kind of reset our expectations for what a quarterback class is, right? Never seen anything like this where one guy goes in the first and we don't have another pick until the third round. Right. As I still look at that, John, like how surprising is that still? You know, it's funny, Ryan, when
1: we did, and we talked about this a lot and when I did my first mock, I usually wait a little while to do my mock. I did my first mock and I looked at it and I had two quarterbacks going to the top 10. I think I had another one going in the first round and I just, that was kind of based on – and, and this happens all the time. Well, quarterbacks always go in the top ten. That's what the history tells you. Well, you know, history makes a fool of, the, fool of us at some point. And so, it was in the midst of me moving and selling my house and doing all that. We've talked about that. Yeah. And I've just been driving around doing different things. And it just one day hit me like, wait a second. These quarterbacks aren't going in the first round. Now, nah, forget this. And so, I did my mock draft again. And I only had one quarterback going in the first round. Now, he ended up going in the third round. But the thought was the NFL doesn't love these quarterbacks. And I'm not saying that the media did, but the media kept putting them in their mock drafts. And I think a lot of them just maybe felt the same way I did. And that was, these guys are flawed. I don't know that we're willing to take a risk on a flawed guy. And and one of the things we talked about was, from a front office perspective, you know, if your job is – I don't want to say hanging in the balance, but if it's not on the on the uh, the strongest foundation, are you willing to stick your neck out there for Desmond Ritter, for Matt Corral, for you know, even Kenny Pickett in some sense? And I think that's probably what a lot of a lot of uh, organizations were going through mm-hmm. at that particular time. But Ryan, I do as I sat and watched the draft on Follower scene, and it, it's obviously the biggest story. I watched the quarterbacks that ended up getting drafted in round three, and I'm like, Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, like, you know, like dog hit turn, kind of like, you know, dog. dog here. still like, ooh, oh, okay. Then Carolina drafts Matt Corral, and I think, ooh, wow, all right. So these quarterbacks didn't go in the first round, but I felt like there were a few, Ryan, that ended up going in a spot where they might not only be able to contribute at some point in the year, they might be able to do it earlier than later, because of the situation that they're in, even a guy like Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders, I know he ended up going the fifth round, and you know you don't find fifth round rookies often. But you're going to tell me that Carson Wentz is going to be rock solid for 17 games? I mean, if they are, if he is, then hey, look, Washington might be you bordering on the playoffs or winning the NFC East. But I got after seeing him last year, and I saw him twice. I saw him when he was good, but I also saw him bad. I'm not guaranteed I, – I, there's no guarantee that he's going to stick it through. And at that point, hey, let's see what this guy's got. Let's see what Howell's got. Let's throw him in there and see what we got. Even he, Sam Howell, I think, is in a good situation for him. So even though it didn't work out first-round-wise, I think these quarterbacks ended up in pretty decent situations for themselves, including Malik Willis in Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I, I like him too. And the the one that hits for me – and I've, I have told crocked this last week and his jaw hit the floor – I think the guy in the best position – is Desmond Ritter in terms yeah. of, of the surrounding yes. cast and what he's going to be asked to do. Like, if you agree, what do you see as the biggest pluses for him? For Desmond Ritter, I think the opportunity
1: to throw, first of all, to two stud athletes that he doesn't have to be perfect with the ball. He just has to put it in the vicinity, and Drake London and Kyle Pitts are going to go get it. So that's number one. Now, it would help Desmond Ritter if, if he had a stronger, a stronger run game and if the Mm -hmm. offensive line was a little better. But the offensive line is not putrid, and he's got some good weapons. And I'll give you one that – it's funny because I feel like Arthur Smith gets slept on a lot. And I watched him for two years in the AFC South as a coordinator. He was there the entire time until he went to Atlanta. He had been with the Titans the entire time. But when he started calling plays and he put Tannehill in that position, all of a sudden Tennessee was – I mean – Really tough. And when you studied what they were doing, you're like, boy, there were some subtle things that they were doing with that offense that he was leading them with that they weren't doing last year when he ended up going to Atlanta. Uh, And then they had a different – I think it was Todd Downing took over uh, in Tennessee. I think Desmond Ritter having Arthur Smith by his side. I think Desmond Ritter having London and Pitts. And if the offensive line can just keep him protected, Desmond's not – you know, he's, he shouldn't run the ball eight to ten times. I mean, Malik Willis is right. a better runner. Uh, even Sam Howell is probably a better runner than Desmond Ritter is. But he can always hurt you uh, with his legs. And ironically, I had a chance last week to – we have our uh, an award here in Houston, the Paul Bear Bryant Awards. It's Coach of the Year Award for college football, and I've been involved with that for about 15 years. And so I was actually able to do a QA and a with uh, Luke Fickle, head coach mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. And – I asked him about Desmond in Atlanta and he goes, John, he will start before week eight. Well, okay. but well, he'll start before week eight. I-, I think it could be earlier than that. I do too. But he just said, this guy is everything you want. You can trust him with everything. He's so reliable and he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback. I said, coach, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think he is going to be the starter before too long. I think he's got more assets than maybe the, the national media wants to give credit, but just, with Pitts in London alone, you know he's got an opportunity to be wrong with the throw, and his receivers bail him out. I listen. I saw DeAndre Hopkins for years <laughs> make Brock Osweiler and Brian Hoyer <laughs> and Ryan Mallett and Ryan Fitzpatrick look really, really good, and look a lot better than they were because of some of the catches he ended up making over the years. Guys like Pitts and guys like London can do that for a young quarterback, and I think Ritter's, Ritter will benefit from that for sure.
0: I agree, too. And they went and then made an acquisition of Brian Edwards, who is a guy I thought was slept on in yeah. Vegas, and I really liked him coming out. So now you have three power catchers. Yep. As long as you can put it within their vicinity, they'll come down with it. And then they're going to they're going to earn yards by running guys over. And I like that aspect of it. You're going to get toughness from the wide receiver position, not necessarily the running back position, although they brought in Algier. They got, uh, what, Damien Williams and uh, yeah. Cordell Patterson back there. So you think they can make something of it, right? Do you think he has the best situation? As the rookie? I think so. And, and, of
1: course, the other side of it is, okay, who does he have to beat out or who has to you know, get injured or whatever? In other words, who's QB1 in front of him? And, you know, for Matt Corral, it's, you know, Sam Darnold in Carolina. You know, Sam could find some secret sauce. I would trust Darnold to find the secret sauce before maybe Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Um, you know, in Washington, it's Carson Wentz in front of Sam Howell. Like I said earlier, I, I don't know that I truly – trust Carson Wentz. Uh, so I think the opportunity for Desmond Ritter isn't in large part because it's Marcus Mariota, but I don't know that we ever saw from Marcus Mariota what we thought he could be coming out of college. I don't know that it ever really came to came together. And yeah. I think it ended up eroding his confidence. He was always ready to check the ball down. I mean, there were games Ryan, when we played Tennessee, you know, it's third and nine and he'd check it down for three yards. There's one game. There was one game in 2018. This was one of the craziest nights ever. We played, we played Tennessee on a Monday night in 2018. And uh it was the it was the Monday after Bob McNair passed away. So it was a big emotional night for the Texans. And he hits Johnu Smith on a 61 yard, just a little pop pass, and Johnu takes it the rest of the way. And kicker Field, they're up 10-0. I'm like, wow. We ended up winning that game 34 to 13 or something, 34-17, something like that. Wow. Ryan, he completed 21 of 22 passes and was no factor in the game. Right. None. I mean, how do you complete 21 of 22 passes and be no factor? He just, it was just checkdowns. And the Texans knew it. They came up and make tackles. They got him off the field. Uh, and then the run game kind of took over. And we ended up smacking him and really kind of knocked that group out of the playoffs and kind of moved Marcus Mariota along. And it's just, I don't. I don't know that I, I trust he's going to be anything more than that, even with Arthur Smith. So I think Ritter's going to get that opportunity.
0: I, I agree with you completely. He's He's got, I think, the easiest path to consistent play, yes. consistent starts. So you brought somebody up too. So I think on the backside of this, we'll get into maybe the second best option, the guy that I think fits what we were all thinking, but isn't the guy that we were thinking. So John didn't ask for it, but you guys have, and now you get it because Built Bar has granola bars built into all their flavors, chocolate covered the whole nine yards. You get all the protein, none of the sugar, everything that you want. Our pals Built Bar have gone a long way. The average bar is 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. That is a winning combination for you, and it helps you get everything done. Now they have this granola thing, and I'm – I'm easy on built bars. My kids steal them most of the time, but granola is only going to make it even worse. So I probably won't even get to taste those, but you guys need to, whether it's chocolate berry, chocolate, coconut, peanut butter. They're all there. All you got to do is go to built.com and use our promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off your order at built.com. And when we were talking a minute ago, you brought up Matt Corral and nothing against Kenny Pickett. Kenny's got was probably the most stable situation. I yeah. would say, yeah. but we were talking about Malik Willis to the Carolina Panthers. Right. We were talking about, what are you going to do with the, you're going to get the spark from the legs. You're going to bring him along. Right. I think all those things can apply to Matt Corral. And I think he might have the second best situation for any of the rookie quarterbacks. Like, what do you think is his challenge? It's a great question.
1: I, I think for Matt, he kind of got lost in this whole draft process because he, he hurt, the, he hurt his ankle in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor. And it was an ankle that had been banged up. And then against Baylor, it just it got worse. And so he had to take care of that. He was kind of out of sight, out of mind. He couldn't go to the Senior Bowl. I think he had gone to the Senior Bowl. I think there would have been maybe um, some rustling of Matt Corral's you know, draft prospects. Say, hey, look, this guy can't throw the football. I think the biggest thing that holds Matt back is the right way of saying this. Not it's not hero ball, but there's this thought that I'm going to show everybody I'm the toughest dude on this field. And I think he kind of has that that not, it's not really a stigma. I think he really wants to earn the respect of the guys he plays with. You know, his, his family they were all military, so there I think is this never ending process for him of hey I'm this tough guy. I know I'm only six foot six one and you know two fifteen or whatever I am. I'm the tough guy. I'll watch this. I'm going to run these guys over. I mean, he ran it 31 times against Tennessee or something amazing like that. You're like, (laughs) golly. And I know Lane Kiffin's not calling 31 runs for his quarterback. So I do think there is this little bit of a, you know, chip on his shoulder about, hey, I'm tough. I can do – I think he's got to – no pun intended. He's got to kind of corral that and kind of rein it in because, to me, he throws the slants and the interior throws, as well as any quarterback that was in that group. And I think guys that he has on that roster, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, those are all guys that can win with their speed inside, and all of a sudden, you got those guys catching a slant on the run. Uh, you know, with linebackers having a bite on the RPOs or a safety taking a bad angle because of the RPO they're given, uh, or the RPO look, RPO look they're given, those are two guys that can fly. Terrace Marshall, I think he's got a really good – pass-catching situation there that can help him through. What I don't trust totally for the Panthers is the offensive line just yet. I think Equanu at left tackle, perfect. Taylor Moton at right tackle is really, I think, I was never the biggest fan of him coming into the draft. I, I always felt it would take a little while. It's, it's clicking now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I trust the interior. But that said, if Christian McCaffrey's healthy, and that is a massive I F if he's healthy and more and Anderson are healthy with Marshall. I don't know where he can, he, I don't want to say he can just screw it up himself, but it kind of makes you wonder like, Hey, Sam Donald, if you can't do it. then We got to go to this guy because right. this guy's at least got the arm talent to be able to do it. He's definitely got the confidence. It's just a matter of decision-making wise, staying healthy. And I go back to, You know, Matt Corral reminds me from a gameplay standpoint of a guy that people love. But if you coach him, he gives you just heart palpitations. (laughs) And that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in 2014, story time, we went to Indianapolis. And (laughs) if we beat Indianapolis and then went out, we were going to win or at least tie for the AFC South. I don't know what the tiebreaker is, but we would have at least been in the playoff contention And so it was the first time under Bill O'Brien we were going to Indianapolis. And so Fitzy had just, I think the week before, two weeks prior, he had thrown six touchdowns against Tennessee. He was kind of feeling it. He was kind of back in her groove. But his backup was a rookie, Tom Savage, who would never taken a snap. Hadn't even been active for two games. And so we talked about it as a radio crew, like Fitzy's got to know this and be careful. Right. So if he scrambles, he's got to slide. If he runs, he's got to get out of bounds. Well, on the third scramble or fourth scramble of the game, he decides to dive head first and somebody lands on his leg, breaks his ankle. And we got to turn the game over to Tom Savage who doesn't even know the playbook. And all of a sudden we're, I mean, we're hosed. And so I always loved Fitzy, but it was one of those things where he just wasn't going to change the way that he played, which is yeah. why we respect him. But you have but. to, you have to, you have to change that. And I think Matt, has got to make sure that he makes that adjustment too, that it's okay to slide. It's okay to take a check down. Um, it's okay if the throw's not there to get out of the pocket and throw it away. Those things are all okay. You can handle that. Winning every play doesn't mean you completed a pass for first down. And I think once he kind of learns that with some of the weapons around him, I think he could have a really good – I'm with you, Ron. I think he could have a really good situation in Carolina.
0: Well, I think you hit it on all of his weapons. It's about feeding them and letting yes. them – all those guys can run from yep. every position. I, I'm right. not sure about the tight end. They could probably use a little help there, but that's okay. Yeah. But as it goes forward, it's, it's not just the decision-making itself. I think it's the maturity level to understand that you're more important to the ball club yes. than this play. Right. And it, if he can get there, exactly. it's going to be – That's something – you put it
1: perfectly – you're, you're more important to the team than that one particular play. And if you're around football enough, which Matt Crowell's been, he's been playing his whole life, you and I know, we know when it's a big situation. We know when, hey, look, it's, third, you know, like you said, in the Rocky Mountains, Denver Broncos, the play I always think about, we all think about it, is John Elway diving for that first down in the Super Bowl. Look, it's the Super Bowl. It's third down. You're down in the red zone. You dive and you go for it. It's a game week six, you know, it's second and nine. You don't have to run that linebacker over. I think you put it best, Ryan. You're more important to your team than you are on that one particular play. You'll know what play needs you to be that guy. and He's got that in him, but it's just a matter of kind of reining it in. Um, but I, I I, just feel like the Panthers should be better than they are. And I was, I was disappointed in Darnold because I thought Darnold was – a guy that in that offense with Joe Brady, and then, of course, we find out Joe Brady and Matt Rule. I mean, right. Matt rule has got a lot of pressure. But I think at some point they'll go to Corral to show the owner, David Tepper, look, hey, look, look what we did as a coaching staff with this young guy. Keep us around, and we'll see what we can do. I think, I think inserting him is going to be uh, strategic for the Panthers and when they go to him. But I think eventually Corral will get an opportunity to start. And I think once he does, it's going to be really hard to get him out of that lineup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the best thing for the Panthers is that Sam Darnold finds that, hey, this is your last chance kind of energy. And maybe yes. they make it a dogfight. But right now, I think it's yep. probably Corral in the end. Yes. So. Yep. But they're not the only quarterbacks that have work to do with the 2021 QBs. Who's going to actually step forward from that group? Is it going to be the same like we saw last year? It can't be because San Francisco is going to change that. I'm not ready to bet on it, but if you guys are, I know the place that you can go. It's called bet Online, and is the number one source for all your betting needs. Whether it's these football props about who's going to have the biggest season this coming year, or whether it's hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, the baseball season. Yes, there's still a baseball season, folks, Just in case everybody forgot. But you can find all the info and all the stuff that you need over at bet Online. It's super easy. They're – mobile device will load their website as fast as you need it. And you can get in on the action. It's over a bet online where the game starts. So as we compare the, the situations for all these brand new baby quarterbacks, I call them, um, <laughs> it's the sophomore guys that are really, really intriguing because I don't think anybody, I don't know, maybe, maybe you foresaw it all. And folks, if you want to see what John thinks it's at football, Don't miss that stuff. But Mac Jones, I didn't see him coming as the guy who's going to have probably the most productive year. Do you think he can repeat it? Well,
1: I guess it depends on who's calling the plays, which is kind of interesting, whether it's Patricia, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick. Somebody had posted this, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was a New England uh, Boston media member had posted this, and it was an article from 1991 when Belichick was the head coach at Cleveland. That he was the one that was actually calling offensive plays for the Browns, and I thought, wow, can you imagine if there was a coach, say Matt Eberflus, decided I'm calling offensive plays for the Chicago Bears? I mean, social media would, I, I <laughs> there aren't even words. I mean, it was just so. Anyhow, I I know it's Mac, and I know he's smart. I I mean. He's got everything you're looking for in a quarterback from that standpoint. Highly intelligent, very competitive, does know uh, time and situation and understands his place, manages the pocket, I think, pretty well. But to think, yeah, we'll just take one of these guys that's never called offensive plays in the NFL and just throw him in there. Like, no, that doesn't help Mac whatsoever. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we, the Texans, have done everything perfectly, but we took Davis Mills and said, okay, in college, Davis ran the offense at Stanford, Pep Hamilton's our quarterback's coach, his offense, a lot of it originates from that Stanford offense, hey, if we surround Davis and give him Pep Hamilton, we go out and we re-sign Brandon Cooks, and then we go out and get a couple of free agents at wide receiver. We draft John Mechie. We make sure we lock up Laramie Tunsell and get him back. We draft an offensive lineman. We try and get him right. That's, that's kind of what the the, Tex, the Texans have done that, whereas the Patriots are like, nah, we're going <laughs> to give to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So I'm not sitting here and telling you Davis is going to be that guy from the 2021 class, but at least Nick Casario and Lovie Smith have looked at it and said, how do we get Davis to his maximum talent level? And I don't know the Patriots are looking at it that way with Mac Jones. So, I, I look, we, there are a lot of things we've done wrong over the last two, three years. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But I feel like that one's, that one's right. And then mm-hmm. you think about the other pieces, Trevor Lawrence down at Jacksonville. To put Trevor in there with Urban, I, I just I felt for Trevor. Even though I loved seeing the Jaguars lose, especially twice to us. I hated seeing that happen to Trevor. But then they go and get Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Good move. Then they sign, and I don't love signing a bunch of wide receivers or signing a ton of guys in free agency, but they needed it. So they get Christian Kirk. They get Zay Jones. They put those two with Marvin Jones, and you go, okay, all right. I see what you're doing now. I kind of like that. Etienne coming back healthy, kind of using him in, a, in a, a weapon X role, kind of receiver, runner, kind of mix. He's back healthy. They bring back Cam Robinson, a left tackle, kind of the same thing that the Texans were doing. They took their young quarterback and said, look, he can't do this on his own. We got to surround him with the right weapons, the right coaching, the right leadership. And I think that's going to make Trevor better. The one that, to me, and I, and I mentioned Matt Eberflus, but I'm really curious about is Chicago. Because I look at Justin Fields, and I love David Montgomery. But then I look outside David Montgomery, and I go, how have they helped Justin Fields, outside of taking Matt Nagy out of that situation, how have they helped Justin Fields get better for 2022? And I think Justin Fields naturally will get better because I think he's got the athleticism. He showed uh, some brilliant moments last year. But what gets him over the hump? Well, is it thrown to Allen Robinson? Nope. He's gone. Is it behind one of the better offensive lines in the league? Nope. Uh, Throwing to Darnell Mooney is great, but what else is there to help Justin Fields get better? So that's the one thing when, you know, talking about quarterbacks, especially the ones from the 2021 class, they've already gone through coaching changes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What quarterbacks have been surrounded with that help? Now, The flip side of that is those quarterbacks, not that they would, but those quarterbacks have no excuses now. If Zach Wilson isn't cutting it in in year two after they give him Elijah Moore, after they have bolstered that offensive line, after they brought in Brees Hall as a running back uh, in the second round, after they've given weapons to Wilson. If he's not doing it, they might think maybe he's not the right guy. Maybe we need to move on. The Jets have done kind of the same thing with putting those weapons around. How do those guys – you know, take, take those strides. The one that gets really interesting to me and you, and we sort of alluded to it was uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Trey Lance. I was fortunate that I got to see one of his starts up close Mm -hmm. in the first half of the game. It was shaky. He missed some reads. There were some guys that were open, but once he settled in in the second half, you're like, okay, I see it. I see it. And I think, and I said this, I felt like had they gone with Lance the rest of the way, I felt like he would have given them a better opportunity to get further into playoffs. That said, he may have gotten knocked out of the box by the Cowboys in, in, in week one of the playoffs because he'd never been there. But I do right. think Trey Lance might have the best opportunity because he's got the coaching Kyle Shanahan. He's got a tight end George Kittle. If they can just get things right with Debo – then right. I think the 49ers and that Trey Lance situation could be a really, really good one for them out West.
0: Well, that and just the creativity of the run game. It doesn't yeah. matter necessarily who the back is. Yes. It's about having that as the weapon. Like, I, I think he's probably in the best situation to actually take a step forward. Nothing against Mac Jones. And clearly with Doug Peterson, I agree with you the Trevor Lawrence is set up to yes. take a big step. Yes. But it's just such a blank canvas, and he's had so much time to learn. And I agree that he probably would have done fine if he had continued to start. But by taking him back out and letting him continue down that path, this is a whole maturation process. Yep. He might be a very different quarterback that we see here coming in training camp. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. You bring up a great point, and I
1: saw it with Davis. Davis was thrown into the fire well before, A, he should have, B, he wanted to. But Tyrod Taylor got hurt in in week two against Cleveland, and it's like, hey, Davis, you got to go in at halftime. I mean, you got to go in the second half. And he held his own, but then week after week, he faced the Panthers' defense at the time I think was number one in the league. Then he faced the Bills, and he faced the Patriots. Um, He faced the Rams and the Cardinals. I mean, he faced some – so they went back to Tyrod. Davis went back to the bench, got a chance to kind of step away and look at it. When he got back in – in December and started the last four or five games, he was a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was much more confident. He was seeing things quicker. Uh, he was making his reads faster. I think you're dead on. I think that probably in the long run, maybe the best thing for Trey Lance was that he did come back out, watch how Jimmy controlled things. And then you go into the offseason and say, all right, young buck. Now you've had an opportunity to you dip your toe in the water with a couple starts you had showed a few good things. Now let's go. Oh, by the way, you're not going to have Debo. No, I don't know. I, I just, maybe I would hate that I would hate that Whoa. for him if Debo is not is not there so hopefully they can get that thing worked out um so in some way shape or form because uh man Debo is just such a freak but you put Debo with Kittle and put him with Trey Lance I think they, they can make some magic happen for too long
0: yeah I mean if that doesn't happen if Debo's not in the picture for him I think that probably knocks him down pretty well. And it yeah. is Davis and Mac that have the best situations. And the question mark is how much can Lawrence jump? Yes. But if but if he has all of them, I mean, I don't know. If he has use.
1: all of them, I think it's clear, Ryan. If he has all of them and it doesn't click, then it's Trey Lance, not the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. The thing is with these teams, here here's the, the question. Now, it's a little different, you know, for the Texans because it was a third-round pick in Davis Mills. Sure. But if you go through this year in 2022 and your quarterback is not quite where you want him, are you ready to jump ship and jump into that 2023 rookie boat? Because it's going to be a good boat. It's a great boat. But are you going to, in two years, give up on a guy that maybe you're going to do it earlier than what you normally would have because you know that, that class of quarterbacks are that good? That, I think, is the question that those teams that spent first-round picks on Trevor, on Zach, on Fields, Mac. I think Mac's okay, and then Trey Lance, on those teams, are you going to be a little quicker with the trigger finger because you know C.J. Stroud is coming, that uh, Bryce Young is coming, uh, that Phil Dracovic and Tyler Van Dyke and Devin Leary, and those guys are all coming to the NFL. Are you ready to say, eh, we gave you a shot, See ya. We're going to go with these other guys. That I think is going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch because this class is so good coming to the league
0: yeah i i agree with you i think it's almost a disadvantage now for those teams to get on the edge of the playoffs that win 10 games and then they got to make a decision yep Oof, oh. we're going to check back in with both these classes folks we're going to compare and contrast we have plenty coming for you check out footballtakeover.com is where john does his best work there's just my opinion john um, but you, also God. check out NFL 33 as well and we'll be back with you with croc tomorrow thanks for listening and watching us today we'll talk to you then